0: Cultivated Marketer, Episode 11, Kristen Medonix from Firehouse Subs. We're joined by Kristen Medonix from Firehouse Subs today to talk about a culture of community during COVID and her career path. Welcome to Cultivated Marketer, where we talk marketing professional development so your garden of opportunity grows. This is Brent Bowen,
1: and I'm Matt Tidwell.
0: And Matt, we had the pleasure a few weeks back of chatting with Kristen Madonix, former coworker of yours, right?
1: Who's yeah. now with Firehouse Subs. Right, right. Kristen's the senior vice president of marketing for Firehouse Subs, and she and I worked together. Oh gosh, many moons ago. It, it was how can I how can I place the time frame? pre-Facebook, post, post-internet post explorer. I don't know, something like that. But He was in uh, your MySpace, like it, your MySpace. It could have been, yeah. It might have been right around MySpace or maybe even, but no, we, we worked together at a, at a terrific agency here in the Kansas City metro. So impressed with Kristen as, uh, I'm a little bit older than she is, but... She came onto our team there and just did some fantastic things. She actually, you know, we were, we were doing a bit of digital marketing in that day and age. She was on the team that developed the first website. I think we may even mention this in the episode for, or if not, we did as we were talking to her, for Hostess. Hostess was one of our, our clients and it was called Planet Twinkie. And she was one of the lead folks on that account team. So we got to know each other very well. And she's just a delight, as I'm sure our listeners will find out here as we move on
0: yeah. and and the lead part of our conversation was extremely fascinating. We wanted to have her on, not only because of your knowledge of her and her role, but also we've been, you know, we spent about a year anniversary of when we've had closings surrounding the pandemic. And they've been, and we've already done some cause marketing and and they as a retail space, a restaurant chain they've been largely affected by that. So she was able to provide some good perspective around what they've been able to do within their communities.
1: Yeah, she was. And, and, you know, firehouse subs, one of the things I've always been, in fact, I also mentioned this, I, I happened to go into one of their restaurants to grab just a quick lunch sandwich a week or or so prior to our interview, because there's one on my, on my way and into, into my campus there. And, you know, it, of course, if you've ever gone into a firehouse, it just hits you right away, right? Because the fire truck motif is there and that whole thing. But it just strikes me when you start to dig into this, and she talks to it a, a little bit, just, I mean, this is not a, you know, some sort of a marketing strategy, right? This is this is really substantial when you, when you peel away the onion and see just how much they have supported first responders in, in all of their markets. These are very well-developed cause marketing initiatives that they've done you know they have the more simpler things too like i could round up my purchase for a dollar like a lot of people do but that again goes back to first responders but it just struck me as she was talking about some of their cause marketing programs really how truly authentic they are because you know that's the real issue and i know i talk with students occasionally about this with cause marketing is man you have to be authentic because if you're not people are going to see through it and they're going to think that it's a marketing strategy or a marketing trick and you know that just does a lot to destabilize your brand so it's cool to see a brand that Really, that's been built into their DNA and they've, they've truly walked the talk. And I think listeners will, will enjoy how Kristen talks about exactly what they've done there.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned
1: this with respect
0: to consumers. And even we're seeing this, you know, with the students that uh, whether it's undergraduate or the graduate level students, and it's becoming a point of differentiation. And even locally, I think within the last week, we've seen Barclay announce they have certified as a B Corp.
1: Yes, did see that Barkley locally
0: and and you're you're going to see more and more of that where these organizations are gonna look to certify as a B Corp company because and and I think we discussed this episodes ago. I'd have to go back and when I find it, I'll put it in the show notes, right? About the episode where we talked about Panagonia. Mm. And Panagonia basically said, unless you're like-minded civically. So it's not even B to C. It's also B to B. We didn't, we don't want to work with you unless you share our values and the values of bettering society. So, you know, for us to unpack that with Kristen and, and especially in the era of COVID was really, really good to do. The other thing we had a chance to do with Kristen quite a bit, and again, is the purpose of our show really. And it's great that we're able to go through case studies. And that's the the point of going through that COVID case study with her was the other thing we're going to be able to do in part one is start to go into this discussion of career journey. And then also from a professional development standpoint, and this starts to go more into part two that will we'll be really, again, we had such a great time with Kristen and she had so many great stories to share that we're going to do this in two parts. Part two will really be around her team culture and what she looks for in hiring. And, and then she ends up at the end, providing a great story that we didn't necessarily have already for her, but she ends up kind of revealing it to us, which will, once you get through this episode, folks, you really have to wait for part two because they had a really cool campaign activation
1: yeah. that's
0: tied into community and it's super slick and it was extremely creative, but we get into career journey with her and talk about, the big question is what she had to kind of unlearn to be a leader.
1: Yeah, right. Because, you know, certainly when I knew her, she was a very effective role player at, at our agency, kind of, you know, the typical account executive type of, of role. And now, man, she's she's directing marketing not that many years later, you know, for this this huge national brand. And and so we do talk with her a little bit and unpack with her just kind of that journey from, you know, individual role player, excellent contributor on up to being now an, an excellent leader. And, and she talked about, you know, a, lo- a lot of things, right? And, and, you know, you and I have had these situations as well when you get promoted. It's, it's now all of a sudden, you know, it's like, congratulations, you're a leader. And you're sitting there going, oh, my God, where's the textbook? Where's the, you know, and so and are there some things you have to learn? I think she uses a good, are there some things you have to unlearn? when you become a leader. And I just think that's fascinating. Obviously, I talk a lot about our master's degree program at at University of Kansas, but we actually are probably our most pop, maybe our first or second most popular elective is leadership and marketing communications, because these are all folks that many of them are individual contributors, but of course, they're getting their master's degree because they're going to be leaders. And you know our students, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. So we actually, I went to the advisory board, should we lose the leadership? No, 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 keep leadership because that's such an important set of skills and and Kristen really embodies that journey and so it was cool to hear her talk about it from her perspective
0: yeah and I reference and and we're double dipping on you would think that I worked for Barclays at this point we're going to double dip on Barclays today is that I, I reference Sam Mears too who's with Barclays currently and one of the things I know that he advocates or has expressed to me is a bit of a mentorship I I Listen carefully when Sam speaks, as he says, when you step into that leadership role, the first thing you should give away is the thing you know the most. And so it was interesting Mm. to hear Kristen walk through. So she embodied that in the interview. And then she kind of walks through an example, which was which was tremendous to hear. So tremendous guest that we had for this this first episode. Matt, anything else that you could think of that we want to highlight before when I jump in or we just want to let these folks loose and
1: think we're all standing between them and Kristen let's go
0: all right so as Matt said it he said it well we're standing between you and Kristen we don't want to do that any longer here you are Kristen Madonix from Firehouse Subs Welcome to Cultivated Marketer, where we talk marketing professional development so your garden of opportunity grows. This is Brent Bowen.
1: And I'm Matt Tidwell. And Brent, you know, I am so excited today because it's rare that we get a chance to renew an old acquaintance. And I get that chance today and excited to introduce you to my friend, uh, Kristen Madonix, who, who is our guest. Kristen and I worked together when we were both slightly younger marketers. We were in the, in the agency business at that time, working for a local public relations marketing communications firm here in Kansas City. And we were working on kind of different accounts, but got to know each other quite well. And then as so often happens, Kristen moved away for other opportunities. And so I got a chance to see that she's still working, not only in the field, but at a very prominent level not long ago as I was cruising through another podcast, frankly. And I thought it would be great to have her on the show just because. Talk about a person with a varied career, worked agency, now she's on the corporate side. We'll probably talk a little bit about that and has a lot of ties back, frankly, back to this area as well. So it's really, really cool that we could have Kristen join us today. Just a little bit about her. She's the Senior Vice President of Marketing for Firehouse Subs, one of my favorite, favorite quick restaurants to pop in and get a terrific meal. I did that just the other day. She leads a team of about 20 marketing professionals who provide support for nearly 1,200 restaurants. Prior to joining Firehouse Subs, Kristen worked for more than a decade at agencies in the Kansas City and Chicago areas. Her education roots are close to home, as I mentioned. She graduated from the University of Missouri, Columbia with a degree in journalism. We're thrilled to be chatting with her today about cause marketing. We're gonna talk about handling the crisis that is this thing that we're currently in called the pandemic, and of course, also just career journeys. So, Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you for
2: joining us. Thank you, exciting to be here.
1: So we're
0: extremely excited to have you, Kristen. And the the beauty of this too, is this is showing with you having that tiger background that Matt and I are a completely open show to professional development. We Jayhawkers Mm -hmm. are still allowing tigers on the show. So.
2: Wise choice
0: very wise choice. choice. We can, we can all learn something from a tiger. We're going to demonstrate today.
1: Some of our closest friends, we always say, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking about learning something, we're, we're big fans. Matt and I have done an episode or two around cause marketing, and it's very much a component of the world we're living in today. And your company has provided help and support within its community. It's really part of the DNA of the organization you work for today and with Firehouse Subs. So tell us about that story and how that came to be part of the mission.
2: Sure. So I guess the cause marketing part of Firehouse Subs really goes back to the beginning of the brand. A lot of people don't realize that Firehouse Subs was founded by two former firefighters. So Chris Sorensen and Robin Sorensen, they're brothers. So I tend to get very prickly when folks say, oh, it's just a concept with a firefighter theme, as if it's window dressing. But the reality is it's very, very real. So they started the concept back in 1994. And over time, firehouse subs locations grew. And to fast forward a bit, in 2005, as we know, Hurricane Katrina happened. And in the aftermath of that, Chris and Robin said, you know, we really want to do something to help. So they loaded up the firehouse subs bus, because we had a bus at the time, and they loaded it full of food and water, and they followed, as I recall, a group of firefighters from Orlando down to the New Orleans area, and their intention was to support those firefighters in their efforts. And when they got there, they realized that there were a lot of survivors of the hurricane that needed help in terms of being fed and water, and so they spent the majority of their time there helping those those survivors. And on the way back, they said, you know what, we really don't want this to stop here with just One trip, one effort, this is so much part of who we are in terms of supporting first responders and the work they do by helping people. We really need to figure out how we make this more of a part of the business. And so from that, the Firehouse Public Safety Foundation was created. And the purpose of the foundation is to grant equipment to first responders, so police, fire, EMTs, to grant them equipment that they need to do their jobs. So a lot of the funding, actually the majority of the funding comes from donations from guests. So they round up their purchase, they drop cash in the coin jar at the restaurant, they may pay to take home an empty pickle bucket. So all of those things are kind of where the, the funding of the foundation started. So it was very married to the, the sub-making part of the business. And then jump forward just a couple years ago, I think it was four years ago now, we decided to up the ante a little further. And now, anytime you you purchase anything at Firehouse Subs, so a sandwich, a cookie, a drink, a portion of that purchase goes towards the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation. So in addition to the guest donations, now we have something kind of baked into every product we sell helps make that donation a reality. And the intention of that, again, was to pull that cause marketing piece tighter together and say, really, when, when you eat with us, The decision to fill your stomach with a hook and ladder is also helping put grant money in the community to help fund Jaws of Life and AEDs and and all kinds of equipment out there. And just in in my own education at Firehouse, I didn't realize when I joined that fire departments needed things. You kind of see the, the shiny fire truck go down the street and you think it's equipped with everything that's necessary. You know, why would you give it a second thought? But the reality is, Not every department has all the equipment they need. It's not all current equipment. You know, cars change. And so equipment needs to change to help get people out of those cars when when bad things happen. So there's lots of need. And it's been really educational and then motivational, certainly for the franchisees, because we're a franchise restaurant brand. So I think it's empowering for them. And it gives us a kind of another connection to the community beyond sandwiches.
0: Sure, and who better to understand the needs of the fire departments than some for some former fire, yes. yeah, you know some uh, former fire department workers themselves, right, and understand mm-hmm. that a municipality may not have everything it needs. That's uh, we, exactly can drive, right. we can drive around and see that, particularly if there's a destructive force of a fire. It's likely that your equipment's not going to last very long based on the the demands of the people that are in the those roles. So you talked about diners contributing in store Mm -hmm. and then also now it even getting more closely aligned to the mission through a portion of the proceeds. If I'm not mistaken, is there another third way if people decide if they're knowing that, you know, in-store traffic may be down a, a bit because of the pandemic, is there yet even a third way people can give?
2: Certainly, you can give online. So you can give if you're ordering online. There's a, a step at the end of the process. So just like you would in the restaurant, you can add to your order. You can also go directly to the foundation's website if you if you want to be generous in that fashion. So there are lots of ways to support the effort.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, a great way to support first responders certainly.
1: Yeah, and you know I think it's really cool. I was in one of your stores just the other day and getting my normal hook and ladder or whatever. I always get the mini because right if you go too big, it will be careful. But it's great food, and I noticed they were doing the roundup, and and I did the roundup, of course. And what was cool, you know, Brent, you and I have had Mike Swenson on the show, and I know when I have Mike talk to students about cause marketing, he always talks about authenticity, and that really the enterprise needs to exude authenticity around the cause, right? Well, you get that with Firehouse subs because I mean the the firehouse motif is is everywhere, and then just lots of good messaging around, hey, this is where your donation goes, and and it's just sort of a very natural thing, right, to understand, okay, yeah, I'm using this to help firefighters or first responders in my area. I went to another quick service chain not long ago and uh, it happened to, I can't remember if it was Mexican food or Chinese, but anyway, they did a roundup and the roundup went to a children's hospital. And I thought, well, that's great. But, you know, there wasn't a kind of a logical tie. It was like, you know, there, there's no logical tie between Chinese food and a children's hospital. So you now applaud them for doing it. That's great. But I just love that authenticity that that you get right away when you when you walk into a, a firehouse subs. So absolutely kudos for that. Really cool, Kristen. Let's switch gears for a second because we've been asking all of our guests about just the pandemic and how you know missions have been put to test during COVID nineteen. Whether that be not just your operational model, but things like your cause marketing, and, and you mentioned that a little bit about. How you've adjusted in that respect. But with dining rooms closing nationwide and restaurants needing to serve customers in different ways, help us take us behind the scenes. How did firehouse subs approach the pandemic and and how has it changed both your operating model and and for that matter? I know you talked a little bit about cause marketing, but just some of the other things you do.
2: Sure. We jokingly, at least amongst my team, referred to it as the COVID coaster because it was, you know, up and down and you really didn't know what was going to happen next. And I think a lot of our experience was kind of Figuring out what was going to happen next because there was no good research on what was going to to occur. No one had experienced it before, so it was all very. We had to function in a very quick turn manner. So typically, you're planning out promotional calendars months in advance. You know, got all these these beautiful plans laid out, and now we're turning on a 30 day cycle in terms of trying to anticipate where things are going, making adjustments to creative, to media, to you know what the messaging is. What the business needs fundamentally so in the very early days we shifted to just making sure people knew that firehouse hub was open and how we could serve them in the most fundamental ways you can order online you can get it to go you can order delivery there is no marketing plan that we had written in 2019 that said our number one message is telling people we're open that just wasn't on the it wasn't on the radar but it very quickly became the most important thing we could tell anyone and so we really had to reshuffle a lot of those plans and then continue to refine them as the pandemic wore on and really follow those consumer behaviors. Again, there was a lot of data coming out and we're all about data, but at the same time, nobody knew what was going on. So it was really hard to ask anybody what they were going to do, because they didn't know. As much as they, we all wanted to know, but we didn't know. So we had the very pay close attention to what consumers were buying, how the basket changed, you know, the sub sizes, were people buying more per visit? Were they buying larger subs? Were they buying all different parts? You know, we were really trying to follow the clues that they were giving us based on the business that we had and build on that. So it shifted a lot of our messaging. It shifted a bit of our, our media approach. And really we kind of got back to some very fundamental components. And the other thing that became really helpful for us was our loyalty program. So in the very early days, those are the folks that could be motivated to come and and spend some time with us. And they really made a big difference in helping navigate those, certainly those those early days. And so we were grateful for for their presence and their loyalty. And we very quickly figured out through a little bit of trial and error, what it was that they needed from us in terms of motivators. So points earning versus discounts. I mean, it was very interesting the things that before we're motivating, so you could motivate somebody with a "Hey, get a free combo," and once the pandemic hit, they weren't interested. They just wanted points for whatever reason. But once we figure those things out, then you can build on them. So it was a lot of just very quick turn, try a different way until it until it works in the manner in which you you need to work.
0: So you've touched on this a little bit, Kristen, with just some insights that you picked up with your loyalty program right your rewards program that shift in maybe almost a saver's mentality i i, I don't want the free combo today i want to bank these points cuz who knows if i'm going to be getting a paycheck tomorrow perhaps right get a little bit of a saver's mentality what other insights did you learn from the experience here that w- maybe surprised you or was just kind of an aha aha moment as you as you guys have gone through i love the roller coaster metaphor certainly And I actually have a client or had a client this last year that's restaurant-based client, local, hyper-local. And it was funny to see, to your point about just reminding people that you're open, Google and Yelp and those types of entities were constantly sending emails to restaurant owners, reminding them, remind people of your hour. So to hear you say that crystallized for you all was was really interesting. So, so what maybe else surprised you from a from an insight standpoint? Whether it's a customer base or reward based.
2: Sure. Well, certainly, I think what customers were choosing to purchase changed a little bit. So, you know, their their use case was different. Now they are with a family or with a small group at home. So, you're seeing a lot more group type orders, more sandwiches per her bag going out the door, a lot more of that, which kind of changed how we thought about what was important to folks. Kind um, of
0: the family and, meal concept. Yep.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. As opposed to the, you know, office lunch or midday lunch scenario, you know, that quickly was replaced with, okay, this is a different, different world. And I would imagine we'll see that shift once again, as people shift back into whatever comes after the experience for all of us, you know, as schools reopen and things like that, we'll see how it shifts another time. So I don't think the COVID coaster is over just yet. We'll just see what the next turn in and the, and the track is. But that was definitely insightful. You know, we didn't see as much change in terms of the flavor profiles or those types of things. I think overall there was a lot of interest in those comfort food components, which in retrospect makes a lot of sense. You know, there was a lot of uncertainty. So what better answer to that than, you know, melty cheese and things that just make you feel like everything's good in the world. So that certainly helps quite a bit, probably not only for Firehouse but other concepts as well, in terms of those things that are familiar and and reliable for folks. So, as we picked up on that, we also kind of thought about, all right, how do we amplify those components of the brand and really reassure folks? that and to, and just kind of how we handled interacting with guests in general. So the messaging that you have to put out in terms of how we're handling safety and you know how things are are cared for for their benefit and for our our crews benefit. I mean, that's equally important to us as all the people working behind the lines and making those sandwiches. So, a lot of new things that I don't. Again, I don't know that we went into the year expecting to learn, but we certainly did along the way.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds like you've done a tremendous job in supporting your communities, whether it be the folks within the restaurants, your your employees, as well as the people that were part of loyal loyal individuals that would come into the stores. It's great. It's great to hear some of those insights.
2: You know, the other thing that I just remembered is the foundation team at one point started a designated funds so people could donate, I think they did $5 increments to buy a meal for a first responder in the context of healthcare workers. So it was a special fund. And so I think people, we had incredible response to that from our own community. So just, you know, promoting it via email and our social channels, but I think people at that time were also looking for something that they could do to help, and so that was Accessible to them. It was something that we could facilitate through the mechanisms that we had. It was something the franchisees could get involved in and deliver those those sandwiches and kind of bring the promise full circle. So there were those types of things that just kind of bubbled up and based on the environment that allowed us to get involved in in a more community based way as well,
0: sure. And you were a natural conduit to that based on the discussion we just had on on the mission and and where how you align from a mission standpoint, you would be better equipped than some. So as I mentioned, one of my my restaurant clients, they wanted to help, but they had to do a lot of learning just even to get to that point to figure out how do we we want to help, but we don't know how. You guys were equipped and ready to know how to to help. So
2: that's that's tremendous. Yeah, I mean, that, that process had been used for other like natural disasters. So hurricanes and, and things like that. We've done the same initiative before. So it was a bit of that playbook, but deployed in a, a little bit of a different way. And for a slightly different audience this time, mm-hmm. But it was just interesting to watch how responsive people were to it in that time, more so than I recall for other initiatives. I think just because we were all like the whole nation was focused on what was going on at that point versus just a single region.
1: Yeah, well plugged in. That's great. Hey, I want to shift just a second, Kristen, to talk about careers. So of course, the, the mission of our show, right? Professional development and careers and and, and maybe just a, a bit of key learnings from you that I think would be would be helpful to some of our listeners. Cause your career journey has taken you from Gosh, uh, when I knew you as a Kansas City agency account executive to, then I know you moved to Chicago and and started working for some bigger brands. And then now, of course, leading marketing for one of the most recognizable brands, certainly in your category. What's it been like transitioning to more of a leadership role? I'd be real interested to hear your take on that. What uh, has there been axioms that you've picked up along the way that have helped shape you as a professional and leader? Have you kind of applied your own style to it? I know that's always, you know, whenever we move from being more of an individual contributor to a leader, that's a big shift, right? How did that go for you? And and tell us a little bit about
2: it. You know, it's funny. I remember when I joined Firehouse, so in my previous role, I had been in more of a leadership role. And when I joined Firehouse, I was in a manager role, so I wasn't leading anybody. And I remember saying, that's just fine. I'm just gonna do my thing. No need for leadership here. I've, I've got this marketing thing, I'll take care of it. And that lasted for a little while. And then, you know, things started to build from there. And now I'm in the position that I am today. So I never would have mapped it out that way, but it definitely, you know, I think the challenges come certainly as you figure out how to empower and guide folks on your team to execute in their own way, but also in a way that you can feel comfortable being accountable for. So there's this balance with with essentially letting go, especially when you've come up and have done the role previously, is All right, I have to entrust somebody else to do it and they may not do it the same way, but ultimately I'm going to be accountable for whatever the output is. That's a big shift because I don't recall any class on that in any of my prior education and in, in the how to let go class. And in the end, you just kind of have to do it, otherwise you can't keep up. And it makes hiring the right people and people that you can trust and have a, a clear rapport with becomes really important. And I think over time, I've realized how important those hires are and I'm in a great position now and that I have really strong relationships with all of my my direct reports. So if I have a concern or a question or we need to work through something, it's it's a pretty straightforward conversation. And I think we're all understanding of everyone's intention is for the best outcome for ourselves and for the business. So it's less about an individual, more about, hey, how do we make this this process work well? But it took some time and some trial and error to get there. And the probably the biggest was like me letting go of you can't do it all. You need a team. There's a point where the team is required, and and they're certainly worth the investment. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I'm so glad you said that because you know we. Uh, it's something we've even talked about on this. That you're right. There really is no class to teach us as as younger marketers, or certainly as we're in our educational career. What's it going to be like when we assume that leadership position? And and you know whether you call it soft skills or professional skills, things like that. And so I think there's more of an emphasis now, maybe for younger folks to make sure they're aware of things like you know, your own emotional intelligence and things like that, that that will help you become a great leader. But yeah, you're right. There's several of us, certainly the three of us in this room that, you know, really didn't have that, that training classically. We sort of had to learn it on the job. That's kind of what I was hearing you say.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I see the next master's course on holding on and letting go. (laughs) The, The next part of the track is holding on and letting go. And I have the perfect instructor for that locally that we can talk about later. Okay. Sam Sam, Mears, well, we've talked about having Sam on the show, but Sam Mears is a locally based, he a well-regarded marketer here and within Kansas City, he works within an agency and his axiom on that point, Kristen, is generally the first thing you let go of is the thing you're best at. That's the uh, first yep. thing you give away. That's the first thing you give away.
2: That is exactly right. And, and as I reflect on my own career, that is exactly what happened, which was the hardest thing because you know it the best. So it's like your firstborn, you know, very close to you. But once I realized I could let it go, it opened up a whole other list of things that I could dig into. So there's definitely a reward for doing it, which is more growth, more opportunity, more things to learn. You know, lots of the things you probably are craving. You have to make room for it though, and you have to give it to the right person that you, you know, thoughtfully empower and guide along the way.
0: And you're likely most equipped to coach on those things too, right? So if you're if you're if you're that's the bet, what you're the best at, and that's your where you show that expertise, hopefully you can translate that expertise into good coaching. Mm-hmm. Right. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode with Firehouse Subs, Kristen Madonics. Be sure to join us for part two in our conversation with Kristen, where we discuss attributes that she looks for in her team members, as well as a truly unique marketing campaign that they use to engage the community and spread a little love. So be sure to join us for part two of our conversation with Firehouse Subs, Kristen Madonix. Take care. If you found value in today's episode, check us out on our website, cultivatedmarketer.com. You'll also be able to subscribe to us, rate us, and leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and Stitcher. Remember, a garden of opportunity grows with Cultivated Marketer.